Hi, everybody. Welcome to the UEA's Nursing Podcast. Um, today, I'm here with Sophie. Um, Sophie has come to speak about uh, studying at UEA with um, her diagnosis of ADHD. So welcome to the podcast and let's get going. So Sophie, I wonder if you could um, introduce yourself for us. Um, hello, my name is Sophie. I am a newly qualified registered nurse in the Children's and Adolescents Mental Health Service. And I have ADHD and have been diagnosed for a few years now. Um, and I'm here okay. to talk about it. Cool. <laughs> All right. So... Let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you started your training in September 2020. Yes. Did you know you had ADHD when you started? No, I did not. I had an inkling. Um, it was actually, I had a friend who had ADHD combined type okay. um, and kept saying to me on multiple occasions, Sophie, are you sure you haven't got ADHD? Because I was basically the mirror image of them. Okay. Um, and then I started noticing things in my studies, you know, I couldn't pay attention and I did some more research into it. And then that's when I started thinking, hang on, maybe it might be a bit of ADHD. Um, so I had no idea when I started, a absolutely no idea. So I tried to get the ball rolling, um, I put in a form with the doctors and they gave me all these fun assessments to do, really long paperwork, submitted it all back in. And then I was told, ah, three years and then you'll hear back okay so do you want me to keep going yeah, yeah just tell us what you did next um so i thought i don't have three years i'm doing a uni degree now i kind of need help now i can't concentrate on anything um <coughs> sorry um so i found out that the uea specialist learning disability team offered uh um, private treatment okay. or diagnoses. Um, so you still had to pay a certain amount. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe they do this anymore. Okay. Um, but I went through this process and it was really quick. It was beautiful. It was painless. Uh, it probably took a couple months from start to finish. I had an assessment, a diagnosis, and then I got the paperwork back uh, with my diagnoses. And this is, again, another molehill that I ran into. You then have to send this off to your GP to start medication or treatment. Three years. Okay. So <laughs> at this point, I decided to, I hadn't heard of this before, but I utilised my uh, right to choose, which is where the NHS have private companies that are have funding to treat NHS patients, depending on waiting lists and all the rest. Um, so I said to the GP, can I utilise this, please? And next thing you know, I'm on medication within a couple of weeks. Okay. It, it worked really well. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's, that's that's interesting. So, from your summary is from starting not having any inkling of it at all, yeah. to challenging how you get diagnosed, but yeah. then a successful process to do so yeah. on medications mm. for your final year, effectively. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So let's go back to the start mm -hmm. before you started on the uni program. Mm -hmm. How did you get on with studying? How Awful. how was school? All that kind of stuff. So bad. So my whole childhood, I was the stereotypical labelled naughty kid, always getting excluded, sent out the classroom, whatever have you. Um, you know, I had involvement from children's services myself because of my mental health, because mm -hmm. it was so poor, because no one understood me. I didn't even understand myself. I still don't, to be honest with you. I'm still learning to live with the ADHD. Um and then in high school, this carried on. It's it's a constant. One thing they look for in ADHD is that this uh, 
this is constant from childhood to current day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I started at uni and I wasn't getting my assignments done on time. I was having um, extension requests for every single assignment that I did. Um, it was breaking down my relationships, my friendships. Everything was just going really bad. Some days I couldn't move. Some days I can't stop moving. You mm-hmm. know, there was no in between. So I was just really, really struggling and I needed support. I had several referrals open for um, adult mental health and things like that. So it was really, really difficult, really difficult. And at several points, I wasn't sure if I was going to finish the degree because of this. Yeah, that's you know? interesting. Yeah. And so you had other diagnoses that weren't ADHD. Yes. That yeah. on reflection. I'm not so sure, yes. Okay. So obviously being a female with underlying ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD, they they gave me the label of, oh, it's just depression, it's mixed anxiety, it's this, it's that. Um, even bipolar was thrown in the mix at one point, and I'm okay. thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I was given all these labels, I was given medications and all the rest, and then I finally got my ADHD diagnosis, and I thought, hang on, I'm not so sure I agree with these other diagnoses anymore. It, uh, they're not me, you know? So... I've, I've, I still have these diagnoses on the system, but in my brain, I, they're not me. I, I think it all comes down at the end of the day to what was untreated ADHD. Yeah. 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 And and, and just having a diagnosis doesn't actually yeah. fix it. It's no, the, no. the management of it that, absolutely. Makes, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that you can't have both. You can absolutely have ADHD mm. and depression and anxiety and all the rest. Absolutely. But in my case specifically, I believe it is just ADHD. Yeah. And and ADHD in girls is notoriously underdiagnosed and underspotted because people don't understand it. No. So people go through high school without being getting a diagnosis. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I was um, born in the 90s and I think ADHD was only really taken seriously from maybe like 2010 or something mm. onwards, let alone in females. So it was awful for me as a child. Awful. (laughs) Yeah. And then so. When you were saying, you know, you were struggling when you're in your uni before you got diagnosed, mm. you were obviously coming into the same sessions as everyone else. You're in lecture theatres mm-hmm. of 250 people having to listen to someone for a few hours, mm. um, seminars being set away to do directed study and independent learning and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Was it just completely overwhelming? Completely, completely. So seminars, I will be very honest, I slacked. I really slacked. You know, I might be late or I might leave early or I wasn't taking notes, you know. It's a wonder I've made it. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't getting any of the information I needed. And then when it came to summative season, I was just writing what I could and hoping for the best, you know, because yeah. I wasn't taking anything in. Um, and Until, obviously, I managed to get the diagnoses and the support, Um yeah, so if you were thinking about, if you if you imagine if you've got ADHD and you've got mm. to write a big assignment of two and a half thousand words, that's, yeah. a, that's a challenge in itself. It, it would take me months, months. But, and if you add into the mix, the fact you haven't really engaged in their taught sessions beforehand, yeah, exactly. you've, got, you've got two issues at once, haven't yeah. you? The lack of knowledge and the, the mm. challenge of having the ADHD with writing it. And I used to rely on something. I don't know if you've ever heard of an adrenaline pump before. Mm-hmm. When you leave everything to the last minute and then the panic kicks in and then your adrenaline starts going and that would help me hyper-focus. So that is what I was relying on while I was not having treatment. It was the adrenaline pump and that's not healthy. 
you're leaving your assignments to the day before and then you get depressed and then things go wrong. You forget about your children, your dogs, the dishes. You don't do anything for six weeks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not sustainable really, <laughs> No. Is it? And it's certainly not sustainable. The, the longer the course goes on, yeah. when you get to the third year, you can't really achieve that no, in the same way. No, absolutely no. No. And, and how were you on placement? Uh, wasn't the best student, I will be honest. It's okay to not be an amazing <laughs> student. Just I recognised my weaknesses, though, and I did discuss them with whoever I was with. Um, but before I was diagnosed, obviously, I, I didn't discuss anything. I didn't know it. I thought I was just a bit of a bad student. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd find excuses to disappear, to go have lunch for an hour, or I might like, oh, can I work from home today, you know. So I'll still get the majority of my work done, because as a student, it was, it was depending on the placement, there wasn't a whole lot you could do, mm-hmm. in my experience anyway. And you had the challenge of also doing your placements throughout COVID. Yes. And with restrictions and yes. online stuff and all sorts of mixed mm. of stuff. So yeah. my first year, um, we had a longer placement because of COVID. And it was in a community team. And obviously, they were all working from home. So I thought, oh, I'll work from home too. And next thing you know, I've, I've done nothing. So it was, I can admit it was awful. Um, I know my weaknesses and, you know, if you give me an inch, I'll take a mile. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, it was really difficult, really, really difficult. Okay. So you can see where your challenges are. Yeah, you can see absolutely. where it would have been completely understandable mm. to not have you sat here after three years yeah, and I finished it. I don't have a clue how I'm here right now. <laughs> well, I think that we'll, we'll probably find out when we talk a bit more, but yeah. you, that diagnosis in the middle is probably what That has what completely changed my yeah. life, completely changed my life for the better. So let's think about that mm-hmm. diagnosis. So we've got the challenges of it, the mm-hmm. traditional method taking years to get completed, mm. the option of going private route, and you mm-hmm. went for a private route through the university, yes. which was a, a different to how it's offered now, but it was an option. How were you actually feeling about it at the point you when you thought, oh, I might have ADHD? Mm-hmm. Was that a positive thing to realise? Was it because mm-hmm. you gave you answers, or was it a challenging thing to have, have a diagnosis of? It was a bit of both, to be honest, because um, it was exciting, because I was thinking... Not that I can blame my behaviour on it, but it's an explanation. Mm. So that was a positive. But then it was also a negative because I thought I've then got this label attached to me for the rest of my life. Um, And I also thought, you know, I'm going to have to have reasonable adjustments everywhere I go. And, you know, and I thought, oh, there's no, you can't cure ADHD. You know, I was like, oh, it's all downhill from here. So, but then I also thought I can get treatment as well. So, you know, it's a bit of both. Um, That label thing, mm. did that make you think twice about getting a diagnosis slightly slightly I thought um so my behavior as it was without a label was you know already quite poor so I thought with that label whilst it might be an excuse I might get that stigma of naughty child Mm -hmm. you know and then I thought it's something that I would have to disclose to workplaces and I don't want them having uh that impression of me and all the rest so it made me think twice but at the end of the day, I'm really glad that I did go for it. Workplaces will not judge you for having ADHD. Yeah. If anything, it makes them more accommodating. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, so you you had that apprehension about, yes. should I go for it, should I not? Yeah. Went for it, mm-hmm. went down that process. Mm-hmm. And can you remember when you had, when someone said, yeah, you've got ADHD? I felt almost overjoyed in that moment. And it's really hard to explain 
why and what I was feeling. It was just, we were on a little Teams call because COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just said, I, I can confirm you have got combined type ADHD. And, you know, the whole appointment, I'm sat there rocking on my chair like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. It, I was thinking, this is it. I can start working on progression. I can, you know, I can get my head down at uni and then I can get on with my life. I can become a nurse. But then obviously it came around to the medication and they said three years and I thought, oh, we're back here again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you have that high of a diagnosis yeah. and then, a, oh, the next day it's still the same. I've just yeah. got a diagnosis. Yeah, you've just got a label now. Haven't you? <laughs> so other than the medications, we'll talk about medications in a moment. Mm-hmm. Have you put, have you got other things that help you? Have you got other strategies yes. that help you? So I, uh, prior to my diagnosis, I was a lover of lists, still a lover of lists. I love highlighting things and mm-hmm. station. I think everyone has a thing for stationery. So I would always write really long lists, decorate them, break them up into manageable little tasks. So my um, housework, for example, I would have a little list per room and then on each room I'd have the jobs and even really simple jobs like feed the dog, you know, mm-hmm. ticking that off made me feel so productive and it really puts into perspective what you've managed to do for the day. Yeah. Um, and now diagnosed, obviously, since I've done lots of research into ADHD, I have found loads of websites and resources that are so beneficial. Um, one is an Instagram page called ADHD Doers. Okay. And I love that page. It's you, you sort of, you pay what you want for the resources. It's not, you know, it might say all oh, 15 pounds, but it's, it's not. Um, and they give you things like uh, books full of tips and hacks and tricks, um, little lists that you can make up and little doodles. And it's absolutely amazing. Oh, okay. So I really, really enjoy that. So honestly, there's so many resources online. You just got to look for them. You know, you just got to think, hang on, this could be it. Let's have a look. Let's give it a go. Because not everything works. No. No. No, and, and just because you've got ADHD doesn't mean you're the same as the next no, person. No, exactly. Got it. That's another thing. I never knew there was different types of ADHD. I yeah. was assumed naughty little boy in the classroom swinging off his chair. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realise there were so many different things to it. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of, lots that's not understood. No, no, Even absolutely. by people who are reasonably well educated. Yeah. They still don't. <laughs> I mean, I've got it, it and I still don't 100% understand <laughs> yeah, it. So. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But it takes a bit of time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, and what about the medications? So what. Mm. Um, how did you get started on the medications and mm-hmm. how did they decide what you're having and what dose and how's it monitored? So when I obviously heard back, oh, it's a three-year wait for treatment because I was thinking I've done it. I've done, I've skipped the three year and I hadn't. I went to the GP and I said, I'd like to use my right to choose, as I've said. And um, instead of going on and referring me to another provider, he said, oh, there's medications that a GP can prescribe on something called an amber list, which is where they will need a second opinion before they can prescribe it, but it's within their powers to do. So he just went ahead and said, right, what kind of ADHD medication are you looking at taking? He spoke with me. He talked me through all of the different types. Um, and from, to my understanding, there is two main types of medication. Uh, one of them is methylphenidate, which mm-hmm. is what I'm currently taking daily. It's just a slow-release tablet every morning. Um, you, you can have the occasional day off if you feel like it because it can reduce your appetite and things. Um, but he took me through my options and I said, yes, I would like to try methylphenidate, please. Um, he went away, um, he got a second opinion, he came back and he said, away you go. So we we trialled it. Um, obviously I had to have some physical observations done first and everything. And um, then after three months he reviewed it and we decided it was working. 
Simple so, as that. Simple, yeah. And what, what differences did you notice in yourself at that point? So many, so many. So the day before I started medication, I'd taken on the task of basically redoing my whole garden. Okay. And it wasn't going very well. <laughs> you know, I'd started chopping down a bush and then I'd walked off and done something else. And then the day I took it, I finished that garden within about four hours. You know, I could concentrate and actually finish things. Instead of just jumping from one to the other, I was getting it done. You know, mm -hmm. it was amazing. Um, and I also noticed one of the other things that has really changed my life since starting this, I'm not as angry anymore. So I used to have, you know, if I tripped over my daughter's scooter, I'd throw it out the window, you know. Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, that hurt. Never mind. And it's, I just, I can't even put into words how different it feels. I don't feel like I'm going to explode anymore. It's amazing. It's okay. really amazing. Did you have any, were you apprehensive at all about starting medications about side effects or changing your personality or anything like that? Um, so I was a little bit, yes. Because my friend who originally thought, have you got ADHD? didn't like taking medication themselves because they felt it completely changed who they were. Yeah. So I was a little bit on the fence, but then it had gotten so bad in, in at that point in my life that I thought, what have I got to lose really? You know, I'll give it a go. I can always stop. Um, physical health wise, I was a bit worried as well. Um, cause some of the side effects are things like weight loss and headaches and stuff, you know, but you get that with most mm -hmm. medications to be fair, but I was a bit worried, but then I thought, Again, it's worth just trying and seeing how we do because we can always stop That's if true. we need to. You know, nothing means I have to take. Just because I've got ADHD doesn't mean I have to have treatment. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And luckily for me, it did work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's good. Yeah. And so thinking about that now, I, there must be a time where it's still not perfect. So you've got, you've got diagnosed. Yeah. You've got your strategies in place. Yeah. You've got your resources you use online. Mm. You've got your medications. Mm -hmm. And then it's not perfect all the time, right? Correct. <laughs> Completely correct. <laughs> um, so I still struggle with my concentration, of course. It's a million times better, but it will never be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so I still have things where I need to do work there and then, and I might be like, oh, I'll do it later. But now I am actually able to do it later instead of just completely pushing it aside. Okay. So, but I do still have down days. Everyone has down days, you know. Some days I won't take my medication. Some days I just want to stay in bed all day. I don't actually want to do what I scheduled myself to do. So the day before I might give myself a really comprehensive things uh, list of things to do the next day. And then the next day I don't want to do it. And that's okay. I just have to remind myself, have a day off. It's okay. Mm -hmm. The world's not going to stop. It's fine. You know, get what you need to do done. Make sure everyone's eaten and washed yep. and then just stop. So it's okay to not be okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> important message. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's look at the flip of it. Because mm -hmm. in a way we've spent 20 minutes yeah, talking sorry. about the negative <laughs> yes. aspect. How do we fix this? How do we improve this? Yes. What are the positive things about having ADHD? So... <laughs> Definitely, obviously, it depends on what type you have, but definitely my energy levels. I love how much energy I have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I can be awake from six in the morning to 12 o'clock at night. It's brilliant. I get so much done. Yeah. Um, it gives me immense confidence. You know, a lot of people have often told me that they're quite jealous of my confidence, mm -hmm. but that works both ways. Sometimes I see it as a flaw as well because I think, oh, just shut up, Sophie. 
Um, but yeah, and it's also a little bit of an icebreaker, you know, yeah. it probably shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> yeah, people find it interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I certainly do anyway. Um, and you said earlier on, you used the phrase hyperfocus. Yes. You talked about how do you, that would be beneficial at some point. Yes. Do you, do you find you have a hyperfocus? Does it change? Does it? <laughs> so some people are fortunate enough that they can control their hyperfocus. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. It comes at the most inconvenient time. So I do hyper-focus, but it will just be on really something really strange. So I spent like six hours studying the Titanic for some reason sort of thing yeah. when I should be doing uni work, you know? So, but I do love hyper-focus when I get it. That is a massive positive. Yeah. You can do so much when you're hyper-focused. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that driven. And, but you can't do all the other things that you might oh, need no, to do. Oh, no, you can't do anything that, you need to do, but you can one do one thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, and then you can actually feel like you've achieved something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To so put it on your list and then tick it off at yeah, the end. Yeah, but some people are fortunate enough to control that, but unfortunately I couldn't. <laughs> and that's the same thing, like you said, everyone's different with exactly, it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Everyone's different. So another question I wanted to ask you is, we talked about how you were a bit apprehensive of getting that diagnosis and mm -hmm. what it might mean for you. What was everyone else's um, response to it? So what, were, what did family think? How mm. was, what did lecturers and stuff say? If, did you ever tell them? Did you, did you need to? What about placements <laughs> once you did get that diagnosis? So I think it was quite obvious um, from a lecturer's point of view. I don't know if you'd agree, having well, lectured me, I have. that it's quite obvious that I have something going on. <laughs> We might have had uh, an informed guest, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. So my mum, uh, we're a very small, close little family. There's not a lot of us. And we're very close. Um, and obviously my mum's been through the whole, you know, childhood traumas and everything with me and the depression and anxiety. And then I come up to her and start talking about this potential diagnosis with her. And obviously when you do the assessment, a form needs to be filled out by someone close to you. Mm -hmm. So I gave her a form. And my mum, unfortunately, wasn't that um, involved in this process. I think from an older generation sort of perspective, it's still not really a thing, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So um, she wasn't really that involved. Um, but I sat with her and I tried to explain it to her a bit more in depth. And I told her why it would help me um, and all the rest. And then I filled the form out with her. We did it together. And then I've got the diagnoses, um, got medicated and everything. And she's noticed how well I am progressing now. You know, she has also said, I didn't think you'd graduate. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the confidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, Does she get that? She understands it's a thing. She realises that. Yeah, she doesn't have as much insight into it as well, probably as I I'd would as mm. the person with it. Um, but she understands the surface level. So she doesn't understand that ADHD can mean just lying on the sofa for a whole day doing nothing. Like she doesn't, she thinks it's just you're bouncing off the walls, you know? Yeah. So she gets, slightly gets it, but we'll get there. Yeah. And what, but what people often don't, especially if we're broadly generalizing older generations who are, it's yeah. new, their diagnosis wasn't around at that point, no. commonly anyway, they don't realize that the hyperactivity is sometimes just in your head yes absolutely. it doesn't have to be your body that's no. moving around <laughs> no yeah. completely because but it, she did agree that it made sense the diagnosis though from childhood behaviors she did definitely agree yeah. so she was a teacher as well she's also seen it a few times but again in boys yeah because they were who would, would have been diagnosed yeah. in the past more yeah. commonly um and uni wise you know i did inform the uni i had support from the spld team mm -hmm. Um, I told lecturers, you know, I've, I'm very open about it. I'll just walk in and go, I've got ADHD and sit down. So just 
to clear the air so that you know why I'm being a bit loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had loads of support. Um, I also did a DL, 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 DLA assessment, mm-hmm. a disability... Living allowance? No, not that one. Sorry. <laughs> the specialist equipment. Oh, okay. DSA, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Disability... Oh, yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> I also did a DSA assessment with, um, I believe it was Anglia Ruskin University, but many places offer it. And they actually gave me some specialist equipment, including a laptop oh, okay. and a little microphone that records lectures, turns into to text for me. Um, I had to contribute a little bit towards it, but they gave me a load of things. They even gave me funding for a mentor, for an ADHD mentor. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was really amazing. So I'm just thinking if I'd never have made that step of getting that diagnosis, I wouldn't have done it. You would have had all of that. No, (laughs) not at all. That's interesting. Yeah. And my experience, you've said about how, what did I think of you? Because obviously I taught you and stuff. I mainly had you in the third year. Yeah. And I I don't know if I'd have jumped straight in saying, oh, Sophie's got ADHD, clearly. Yeah. Because you were, the, the, the main thing I remember is, Whatever we were doing, you you were always really engaged. Yeah, like yeah. it didn't actually matter what the topic mm. was or no. whatever. It was like I'm here, Let's so go. I'm doing it. There yeah. was never a I'm here and I'm not engaged. Mm. I um, usually get called inquisitive. <laughs> and for the module that we were doing, actually, that was really useful because mm. it was really interactive and it was the whole point of it was to be engaged in that mm-hmm. way. So that worked mm. well. That's another positive of ADHD: always eager to learn, always, yeah. even if you don't mean to be, you are. <laughs> yeah, you can't help but ask that question. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So to round things off. What what advice would you give to, to students who might be starting and have a diagnosis or not have a diagnosis yet but be thinking that might this might apply to me? Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you want to know if you were in their position? So I would want to be informed, again, about the right to choose because that's not something that everyone knows about. Um, obviously, the waiting lists put a lot of people off seeking mm-hmm. this diagnosis. Use your right to choose. Get seen to quicker. Absolutely. Um, another thing is take time to sleep. <laughs> you know, you might be thinking, I've got this much to do. I'm bouncing here. I'm bouncing there. I've got to go to your lectures. I've got yeah. to do that. Just make sure you have a bedtime <laughs> because I didn't. And it destroyed me the next day. And divide your time as well. So if you're awake 14 hours, eight hours uni, the rest of the day, do whatever you mm. want. You know, make sure you specify not tasks at certain times, but just time to do what you want. Yeah, downtime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, this morning, you know, I went on a visit for work and then instead of taking a full break, I take little five minute breaks. So in between visits, I found out that my spirit animal is a koala. There you go. There you go. That's what works. <laughs> take that time out. Exactly. Find out your spirit animal. Exactly. Mm. Next thing. And even in placements, if you feel like you just, instead of having one solid break, mm. you want a little five minutes, just tell them. They'll understand yeah. completely. And that's where that, that confidence to be open about it is really yeah, useful. exactly. Um, Don't and, be ashamed. Yeah, because some yeah. people are. They're, they're worried yeah. about it, and they're worried about what the perception of them is going to be. It's nothing to worry about. You're the life of the party. Honestly, it's brilliant. There you go. <laughs> brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming in to thank talk you. to us about it. I think it's been really useful and really helpful, and mm-hmm. hopefully anyone watching will have... Um, found some some use in this mm-hmm. they might show this video to someone else who they think might be useful and mm-hmm. um, find, might find it useful um if you have any questions after watching this then you can add comments on the video you can contact me directly we can do follow-up ones if we've got more that we need to answer any questions or anything like that um please like the video share it with people that may also watch it and keep an eye out for the other videos that we've got because they may be of use to you as well 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Hit that bell. <laughs>